face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon 200! Indeed, as Dr. Squee has alluded to there, this is our 200th episode, which we planned perfectly to coincide with the season opener of season two of Strange New Worlds. I mean, yeah, we've been planning it for 200 episodes. We had to talk to all the writers of all the different Star Trek shows just to line it up. That was it. The work we put into this, people. The real I mean, reason I, I Discovery mean, was cut by three episodes. Yeah, we're going, no, no, no. Cut it back three episodes. You're not allowed to do it this year before Strange New Worlds. We planned this, all right? That's it. Can you do dis- Discovery for your 200 episode? Shut up and go away now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We did done... A- if it was a good episode of this, You're really struggling there, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> if it was a good episode, so uh, something we haven't seen in a good series then. <laughs> yeah, okay. We were, yeah, I'm glad our 200th episode didn't fall during season four of Discovery. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. That was a tough watch. Tough watch. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, if it hadn't been Star Trek and hadn't been watching for this show... I would have stopped watching that. It was painful watching it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind, but our next live panel is when Star Trek goes wrong. Discovery Season 4 edition. Oh, no, no one has come to see that. No. <laughs> We'd just stop halfway through and have a game of poker because that's what they did in Discovery <laughs> Season 4. Um, we're, we're about... Sorry, go on. No, I'm trying to think what else happened in Discovery Season 4 and I'm coming up a blank, so go on. No, I was just thinking it's like we're, we're just ending it after four hours of us ranting about it. We're about to leave the stage. I run back to the mic. Oh, and another thing I didn't like about that series. <laughs> it just never ends. There were some really good bits. I honestly cannot... Like, it Tilly's was very few and hard behind. Tilly's yeah. last episode was pretty decent. Yeah. And Admiral Silver that's Daddy it. Bear was that's all good. I got. And it wasn't even the best one. I was that... Admiral Silver Daddy Bear was criminally underused. Don't even get me started. It was, and there, were, there wasn't even a whiff of Parrot Guy. I mean, yeah, where did he go? Season it's three standout. Um, the, the second best character to come out of season three, I think you all know what my number one is. But we're being self-congratulatory. So, yeah, we've come we've come a long way as a podcast. We started off... Yeah. From there to here. Well, yeah. we jumped... Well, we started off uh, filling in a two-hour gap that you suddenly had in Squeefest. No, <laughs> so, let's make it clear. Well, well we weren't off for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 yeah. We expanded to two hours, but yeah. I didn't want anyone to think that the retreat was anything but a kind of highlight. I was, I was so I remember looking forward to that so much just because I just met you guys at the weekend. Uh, we'd had a top blast, and just we- to like. Well, we did I, I didn't have uh, anyone who was particularly a Trek mate at the time where I spoke to at the time, so, so you two were a gift. Well, we just done a, we did a little panel, didn't we, at the weekend, because they needed something. Oh, yeah, we did. We one. did. Yeah, you were we on did, that uh, one. It was... We did the series. It was, yeah, which Star Trek series is the best we'd done at the weekend, and, and yeah. DS9 won. 
Yes, we. Yeah, uh, I, I you mentioning that earlier. I didn't remember that one. Yeah. yeah uh, Spin, Spindle's got. Spindle's to do hosted it. it. Yeah. Um, you were sat with it in uh, Weatherspoons as well when you asked us if we'd do it. <laughs> well, I remember doing the um, Marvel one. Because that's where we all sort of met. Yeah. about the new Trek shows, but yeah. I just didn't remember that one for some That reason. was later, yeah, that was the next That was year. later when we were actually re-trekked. That's how prolific we yeah. are as convention I'd have the goers. Well, we re trek then. <laughs> we were, we were re-trekked the second time, yeah. And, yeah, we've covered a hell of a lot of Star Trek over 200 episodes, but we've still got quite a way to go, so don't worry. We're not I, rec- I don't think we have way through yet. I don't think we are. Definitely not. I, no. I would bet we uh, I don't think we're even probably all the way through the equivalent of, of like, one of the seven series shows. So no. We might have got up to an original series run. I mean, we've done 200 episodes. Yeah. Even if we'd done two episodes every show, which we haven't, That'd only be 400, which isn't yeah. even half the episodes of Star Trek. So, yeah. yeah how, many, how many episodes in the original series were there? 79. Uh, 79. Oh, yeah. So we've well, we've, we've, yeah. we've danced past that very easily. Yeah. yeah. And with even TNG, the 179, DS9, something like 176. So it's Voyager. Yeah, so Voyager. We have done more episodes than any single Star Trek show has done. Now that's a feat. That is yeah. a feat. So, let's talk about the latest episode of Star Trek then, which is The Broken Circle, the season opener of Strange New World Season 2. And... And also The Broken Circle, how we're celebrating Retrek 200. Hey! <laughs> and it, it, it makes an interesting choice, which is we're going to focus on Spock and the crew, but Captain Pike's barely going to be in it, which just seems interesting. I mean, I, I, I'll put it out there. I enjoyed this episode. I uh, enjoyed it. And I also want to put some that. When I was thinking about it, so it's really brave to do that. They've not tackled it all in new Trek to actually let a senior crew members and not be focused on the captain. Like, I know that we've got legacy ca- characters like Mabenga, who was in an... Yeah, but... ...new episode of Nurse Chapel uh, and who, who were regular characters, but it is utilised in the original series due to the nature of writing Mm. so it's nice to see these characters, more of them and we're getting to know all our other characters and not just are you listening Discovery not just Burnham and the first officer. Well I mean I think that's it I remember when we uh, uh, did the kind of episode for Nichelle uh, when she sadly left us and we were talking about all these episodes, and certainly the episode which I brought to the table, I remember being all over this one. She was from the kind of beginning to end. She is so prolific in that because she gives such performance. When you look back, she's got so little screen time, and that's the one I remember her most being in. So it just really goes to show you how under you she was. Well, that's the, the thing. But, uh, like we, we have learned more about Ahura as a person and as a character in Strange New Worlds Season 1 than we have done in any other version. And that's yeah. not a knock on Nichelle Nichols in any way, shape or form. It, it was an iconic performance, iconic character, but 
when you actually strip back the layers, we didn't know anything about Ahura's backstory, where she came from, anything. And we, we've got a lot more of that already just in... And, you know, partially that's the way TV's written now. It's different. It's more character-focused. It's not, it's not a star-driven thing like the original series yeah. was, you know. But, I mean, I, I, I will add to that, though, that um, even though I, I appreciate that about the show... For me, it seems like a weird choice. Like I, I would not have had the first episode well, being. Yeah, so it's definitely a weird choice. That's what I, I, was I, I say. don't. That to me, I think that should have been like, later in this. Like I think uh, next episode is off to be Pike going and getting um, number one yeah. back. I think so. I think yeah. what they've done so is they split it so up. So I yeah. think. So I think you're next week. You're going to get what's happening at the same time as this week's yeah. episode. So. Yeah, I yeah it's a very so. modern style, but and they could have probably do, they could have done it as a two-parter and and flip back and forwards at what's happening. But it's quite nice to see one complete story of what these are doing and another complete yeah, it's story just, of what these doing. It's just an interesting choice to leave out your main character and in your first episode. I was going to say this is this is what I would change. I would I, if you're going to do that, which is is fine, but it's like I probably would have led with Pike because yeah. it's like he is our our hero of the piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though it's an ensemble cast, more so than even the original series. This is what Pike's doing now. Next week, let's go catch up with the crew, kind of like they did with Discovery season three, which we are allowed to talk about. So that was okay. And the first episode of that was Michael getting to the future, and then the second episode was the Discovery getting to the future, and then it was episode three before they they reunited them. Yeah. But it did focus on its main character, whether you like her or not, in the first episode and then the crew in the second episode. And, yeah, it does seem an interesting choice to to flip that with these episodes. But well, there you go. Well, there's also, like, people who are on our e page and they actually stole that meme from uh, Starpod Wars. <laughs> that one about um, all grimly inclined... <laughs> Officers get to serve on the Enterprise. Yeah. And I think this just shows that they don't need Pike there to be criminally inclined. Oh, no. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I have got so many problems with, with that. But anyway, I'll get to Yeah. We will I, get I, I did want to... You, you guys have said how much you enjoyed this episode. I must admit, to me, this was the best middling episode. I, I wasn't a fan. It, um, and it, it raised something which... Because the argument which always gets put my way whenever I say about the come this portrayal of the spot, which, again... I'll just say it, Ethan Peck, great actor. The writing as the character they've written is fine, but how it stacks in with the rest of Spock's lineage doesn't fit with me. Now, and I know the, uh, the the argument which Elliot usually presents, which other people have as well, which is, well, you look at the original pilot, you see Spock laughing, he is a different character then. But, but I've thought about this and it's like, but you stack that against Everything which happened afterwards, every flashback, every time they've spoken about his childhood, every time they've referenced it in the original series, in the animated series, every time they showed that he was shunned for being too emotional, whereas he tried to keep make himself as emotionless as possible to counteract that. This destroys, I would say, for the benefit of that one pilot episode, which they basically rewrote. Let's face it, I know it's canon. I know we see it in the menagerie. <laughs> 
But at the end of the day, they decided to change the character and sort of back reference the mm-hmm. fact that that yeah. was different. Okay, no. you laughed that day. Maybe he had he had bloody emotional sickness, like he had he had Vulcan measles, which makes you laugh. I don't yeah. know, but that makes more sense than to, to throw out all the rest of that can they built on it than to say well, that one thing sacrosanct and the rest. I of think it. that they go through a story of this of the whole thing with Pop Spock story. Yeah, it's going to be how he. Becomes who we've seen from what we saw in the cage. I know. I, I, get still, that. Like, I get that. That is still principle. struggling to get. Because I know that we've seen this, but then there's things like he's had the pong fire and all that. And because he's not full, he's only half Vulcan. When his emotions do come out of the pong fire, he probably struggles a lot more than his, a normal Vulcan would to no, get his emotions that. back under control because they just go, right, pong fire's over, back to normal. Where him, it takes. Ages no, I, again, and ages and ages to come back to normal. I understand all that, and I understand the kind of argument for it, but to me it's just like it doesn't make any sense of any of the backstory they've ever told us of his childhood, anything that happened afterwards, because at the end of the day, uh, if he is this emotional for these kind of these years of the uh, this series, then the fact that he went on all that journey for all the time we knew him from the beginning, from the cage, after the cage on which I'm going to say that that was just a normal... No, no, I am. I am for my thesis. Let's second earlier, and then once I finish, no, no, not my head. You've, you've, you've decided the cage matters more than every other backstory that we've had told about it. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying, why do we put this one episode, which they rewrote basically in the rest of the series, over the rest of the canon which they put in in this place in his past? They've had flashbacks in the original series, or the, the animated series, when you even see him going back and seeing his childhood self, where he's not like that. And I'm saying his arc in the original series, from the first uh, time we see him being uh, unemotional after the cage to the last movie he was in, that's a real arc of him discovering his humanity. Now, if earlier on he already had it and just lost it and got it again, that's, that takes away from that story for me. No, it isn't discovering his humanity. It's getting control of his emotions. Okay, getting control of his motion buttons. No, but it's not. I'm saying in the original arc, which he went on, he started off as unable to accept his human side. And by the last film, he was very accepting of it. He was even going, it's like, oh, I made a choice. He's even he's even just doing a little wink to the fact that those emotions are going on. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they incorporated it. They, they made him the same kind of spot, but they incorporated his emotions a bit more in the, um, the 2009 Star Treks. I loved all that, but I, I think this just goes right over to the emotion and then just chucks out all the rest of that. For me, it, it takes away a bit of the poetry of the journey we originally saw him going on over, what, 30, 40 years, you know, 50 years almost, before uh, Lennon Nimoy passed away. So I've thought about it a little bit. You have, you have. <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle on this. I feel like they've got a plan and they're they're going somewhere with it and i don't feel that the fact that he's gone through this process of dealing with his emotions before i don't think that undermines any of the journey of doing it again because it's it's coming at it from a different perspective so what we're being presented with is a Spock who was very young, raised in the Vulcan way and could keep a handle on everything, and then he's going through this sort of tumultuous phase in his life that we're seeing now, and presumably he will learn to overcome it and manage it, and maybe 
he goes a little bit too far with that and that's where we find him in the original series and then the story well, is as you say him gradually rediscovering how to integrate well, those two things so for me it, it I doesn't think, I think I think the originals what we have seen is him finding the balance between yeah it the is this is this is in sort of one is when his emotions come out, the two there's too much or he's too Vulcan and he hasn't got that balance, so he's, he's coming. I get it. Getting that emotion under control, and then it's the journey we've seen previously is in finding the balance of the two. I mean, I think also part of my problem is like, because now they're saying, <laughs> oh, because of what he went through, now his emotions are at the fore. But the first series, they had him. It, at times being emotional when they... Uh, yes, I noticed that that, that you know, felt... But they're trying to claim that was all logical and it wasn't. Yeah, it was that felt wasn't... like a little bit of backpedalling was going, oh, it's because of the gone thing, that's why your emotions are so heightened. It's like, yeah, but he was showing them before that, so... Yeah, I, I would actually give you, if in the, in the first series of this, they'd had him being a straight-edged Vulcan and then they'd done this, that for me, would have been much more satisfying. You've seen him being the, like, it's almost like they're relying on the fact that we know who Spock is from all the other versions as opposed to introducing their Spock. Mm. Like, they've gone, oh, well, you know he can be logical, so we can be illogical and you'll get it. Though I it, suppose... It's, it's not... I don't think they're introducing the character... You could argue that the stuff no. with the, the mind meld from the Red Angel and everything and where we meet him in Season 2 of Discovery could have prompted it anyway... And um, even then, I thought he was over emotional. Yes, you I, did. I, yeah. I, I, I think they need to set him before they reset him. You know. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll keep an eye on Spock and we'll see how he does. I, I do. putting aside that, just on Ethan Peck's performance, I feel like he's really settled into it now. Like, I didn't necessarily get. Spock vibes from him and I appreciate that's a very technical term I'm using there and it's very precise and yeah, academic um, whereas now I do feel like I'm getting Spock vibes from him so I feel like he's he's relaxed into the role a little bit which I'm really yeah. enjoying his characterization, something which I said when we did the you know, the comparison episode ah. where it's got Balance of Terror and um, Quality mm -hmm. Mercy I mean you do see how like he gives his own version but it's not um Sorry, can you get off the screen when I'm talking? <laughs> when it appears in the middle of what I'm saying, it throws me. Um, shit. Sorry, yeah, because, like, the way Leonard Nimoy does it is very slow and methodical, whereas, like, uh, Ethan Peck does it sort of in a monotone, but it's mm. kind of quick speaking, but it's all in one monotone, so it all kind of removes the emotion from it. So it's a different way of doing the same thing. See, that that current characterization I really love. That's why I want to make it really clear it's not against anything against Ethan Peck's mm -hmm. uh, actor, or even the rain per se, it's just the rain for spot but for me. Yeah. Yeah. So He's great. Elliot, put the message back on then. Yeah, sorry. It's just when you do it in the middle yeah. of my stuff. So, I'm, I'm guessing... I didn't say anything. No, no, I know. It's when it appears on the screen. It distracts my attention. It, it makes your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that's yeah, from yeah. Emma. Um, saying yeah. hello from Glastonbury. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Um, I'm I'm assuming Glastonbury must start tomorrow because, you know, I know we're, we're a bloody good podcast, but 
if you've got a live band on stage, you don't want to be watching <laughs> us. So, you know, we would let you off if you've got a gig. Oi, oi, Bruce, shut up. They're trying to retrack here. <clears throat> I don't yeah, care if it's no. your last performance, Elton. Yeah, he's just sat on the stage just waiting for an hour. It's like, and continue. I think Elton listens to us. I, I reckon he's like, I'm not going on. I'm not going to clash with Retrek, you know, come on. Well, it was due to start yesterday, but yeah, he moved it to Friday. So Starts Friday. I'll go on then. We'll let you off. We'll let you off. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, so the episode itself then. First of all, opening shot. Nice. Lots of spaceships. Lots of flying round. I noticed there was what looks very much like a Kelvin-class ship. Um, not totally like the Kelvin, um, but the the configuration of the saucer one nacelle below it yeah. looks very much like the Kelvin as we see it in Star Trek 2009, but more in this style, which would make sense because chronologically this is later. So I like that. I like that it's just a little tip of the head, tip of the hat. Also, it's rather. another it's another um, timeline. I think. Well, I it's think not we're, we're the, the Kelvin. Time. We see the Kelvin before Nero comes back. So the Kelvin exists as it did. That the Star Trek 2009 starts in the Prime Universe right. until You're the right. moment yeah. that Nero appears. So that yeah. ship exists in the Prime Universe. But this one looks like an updated version of it. So I like that it's just a little tip of the hat to say those ships exist within this universe, but this is what they'd look like now. I also felt like the the um, the the whole all of the kind of uh, special effects in this episode, it was sort of like they all looked a bit video gameish, but with. In that, I thought they looked really great, if that makes sense. There was something uncanny valley. You know when they just doesn't look kind of tactile? Wow. Like, you know, with models, you always get that tactile You thing. do. I thought you yeah. lost that, but after I got over that, the detail and everything was spectacular. Yeah. It's like, I'm not dissing it, but it's just it didn't quite feel as real as some of them. But the detail and just all I the think that's it. I think the way they travel between it was just cool. Yeah, it's the level of detail and the amount yeah. that they're showing on screen at any one time. Something's got to give at some point unless yeah. you've got a Star Wars movie budget. Like, even Star Wars TV can't do it, you know. Um, no, there was a few moments when they managed to do it on the recent next... No, sorry, I almost said Next Generation. Series. Yeah, the... On Picard, I when they... I suspect yeah. they may have thrown a bit more money at that, yeah. uh, just with it being the, the finale it's of Picard, fun. but... Well, yeah, allegedly. But that's, that's one of the only times I've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a bit of Trek news, just to throw in quickly. Yeah, but um, Patrick Stewart said that he'd be up for a film. Like, he's basically said it the most explicitly he has yet. He's kind of... All of them hinted, it's like, oh, if it was the right script, but he's out and out said, it's like, oh, yeah, I'd be really keen. Now, after we've done that, I want to I do like, like how actors I say if it was the right script, but what they mean is if, is, if it's the if right check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know How what? Many I'll give them, are on this check? <laughs> I will give them. I honestly think those guys, after all their journey with the Next Generation crew, I think if they didn't think the script was good, I think they. I think, it. yeah. Why do I yeah. say that? But series one of Picard, so there. I we mean, are. that's thing. It, but like, the thing is, it hinges uh, uh, on Patrick Stewart. If he doesn't want to do it, fine. But Levar Burton would do it like a shot. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, no, no. Actually, Lavar's probably one of the ones who needs it the least because he's got Reading Rainbow. Well, his own podcast based on Reading Rainbow. He's got so much work. Yeah, okay. Maybe I picked the wrong one. I was trying to think of one of them who's not doing much. My friend Spine always seems to want to come back. Before before season three, I would have been cheering from the rooftops for a next gen movie at at the end Mm. of season three. But how? The absolutely nailed mm-hmm. the ending of the story. And yeah. Another, and it's not that I wouldn't like to see more TNG, but it was so perfect how it ended. Yep. Anything else would ruin that. I agree. You can only yeah, no. do a perfect ending once. And yeah. and it, once you've done that, uh, you need to say, no, we've got to walk away earlier. from it. Possible we, exception. Yeah. When I said earlier, which is the gold standard. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go on. You say, give the gold standard and I'll back. give the exception. Yeah. The gold standard always only fools and horses. They made the perfect ending in an episode called Time on, on Our Hands. It was perfect start to finish. Everyone loved it. It was the ending they deserved. Mm-hmm. Then they made three more, which weren't like everyone makes the mistakes of saying those were bad episodes. They weren't. They were okay. The third one was pretty bad. But they weren't as good as the other ending. Yeah. Like, if you can't beat your other ending, fucking leave it be. Because that was perfect. And the other three were okay. They were okay episodes of Rolling And and it is, it's so rare to land the perfect ending. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I would say the exception, and it's cheating a bit. Um, but the British, I'm stressing this is the British version of Life on Mars had a perfect ending. And then they brought back some of the characters and the concept with Ashes to Ashes. And that also had a perfect ending, which managed to not undo the ending of Life on Mars. And I was like, that was, yeah. I can't believe you managed to pull that off. Um, and they did say they were going to do another series, uh, which has now been cancelled. So it's one of them where I was oh, like, it? yeah, it's been quietly cancelled. And it, that was one where I was like, really? I mean, if you can pull it off a third time, then yeah. good on you. But is it really well, worth the risk? You well, know? No, I'd say, I'd say the way they set it up, because if you see it on paper, basically, spoiler alert for a show which is, what, 20 years old or whatever, but Ash to Ashes ends on the concept that there's a bar where coppers go where they die as a kind of, like, um, afterlife midway point. Well, like, no, no, they the go to the station house, the then they go to the bar. Point. Yeah, sorry, the bar's sorry, the, when the you go to heaven. Yeah, yeah. So you go to the bar to go to heaven, and you go to a station, and it's only for cops. That sounds like dog shot on paper. It's a brilliant episode. It's perfect. It's yeah, perfect. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. As you say, it makes sense of what happened to Sam Tyler's character in the original show. Um, but it looks so crap on paper, which is what yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah, it's madness. I, I think it's kind of one of those things where even if you fuck up the third one, it doesn't take anything away from the other two. Like, you're still sitting in the same world. You just say, oh, that one didn't work. But it's got such potential but to do another But you should be able to say that with the Only Fools and Horses finale, but you can't. It just leaves No, that no, I'd say that, that undid the original ending by having them being broken. Exactly, again. yeah. A good point. It, it sort of undid as opposed to building. But that's what I mean. If they messed it up with the third one and said, oh, actually, it's not that, it's this, that would undo it. Anyway, we should probably talk more about this episode of Star Trek. Um, So, Spock's left Uh, in charge, then. New titles. 
Have we got new titles? I, yeah, the titles were I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I thought it might have been a few new bits in it. Yeah, new titles, but I didn't pull them apart, so I can't list it all, but okay. yeah, there were new titles. Right, so, yeah, when we get a quiet week and there's nothing to talk about, we'll focus on the new titles a little bit more. <laughs> um, I mean, we've talked a lot about Spock and his arc and everything, and they're still playing with this thing with Nurse Chapel, and his heart rate goes up when he sees her and everything, and, it, again, it's another one of those where it's skirting so close to messing stuff up, but you've got yeah. to hope they've got a plan for it. What a wanker he is in the original series there, after all they've gone through here, and he just fucking blanks her most of the time. Well, that's it. So it makes, maybe he's heartbroken when she gets together with Roger Corby, and that's why... Yeah, but well, at least explain to me, for all those people who, who don't think it does anything to the timeline, how he's not a massive wanker for everything he does to her in the original series if they've had this relationship first. Yeah. I think that's pretty hard to defend. It, it, it <laughs> is, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, yeah, and yeah. then they get a message from Lan, and this is where Spock decides to steal the Enterprise, which gives us shades of Star Trek three. And yeah. it, it also leads to us meeting the new engineer. Is it Pelia? Pelia? Pelia. Pelia. She seems an interesting character. I mean, the, I, I think that she's going to be a really interesting character by things that the little bits that yeah. come out about a species. Yeah, I mean, just very quickly, just what you said about like uh, him stealing the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. So in the original series, when he does that, if they should have just gone again. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, anyway, because anyway, they act as if it was out of character, but obviously he just does this every other week. Anyway, but we'll, we'll ignore that. Uh, Carol Kane, though, she is wonderful. But yeah, so you've got Scrooge, you've got, uh, oh God, I'm going to forget everything else she was in, but she's been in so many wonderful, in, she's one of these she, actors who sort of pops up every now and again. But she's the Penguin's mum in Gotham. She is, yes. Uh, that was a more recent one. I was trying to think yeah. of some of the classic ones because she was in a lot of stuff in the 80s. Kind of, uh, but it, even then it was kind of usually guest star roles. Yeah, yeah. she's a ghost of characters. Christmas present in, in Scrooge. Yes, and oh, she's, she's fantastic. Waxing she's the brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> just beating him up. It's insane. Yeah. Like, what a wonderful character choice, or, you know, writing choice to have, like, the, these ghosts who usually the the one she's playing is kind of quite helpful, and kind of, but she's like, no, toast to the face, kick him yeah. in the like, balls. What's this, like, very dust it's a toaster. <laughs> yeah, that's a good bit. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> so things we find out, she's described as a lanthanite, which I checked. That's new. I was wondering if that was a callback oh. to something, but it, no. it's a new species, is it not? No, 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 not the lanthanite. Sorry, just thought um, one that you would get, Jim, because uh, I remember when I originally mentioned him, uh, you didn't recognise his name. Oh, yeah. She was also, I've just thought, Billy Crystal's wife in Willow, I think it was. I think she was I've the wife of... Yeah. Uh, uh, Billy Crystal in Willow. Yeah, wasn't he one? Am I? Think of, but was that one the other? Uh, no, I don't think Billy think. Crystal's not in Willow. Are you thinking I know, of? Are you thinking of what's Billy Crystal in Princess Bride? It might be that. I may have may have got my classic eighties movies. Classic eighties fantasies mixed. It's easily done. It's easily it's, done. It's, 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 so anyway, I just I thought you'd appreciate but, that. Yeah, no? she's a life of night. Yeah, which are massively long lived because yeah. it talks about 
she hasn't been off on a space mission for a hundred years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that she's 100 years old, but I haven't been up on a mission for 100 years. And we find out that they've lived on Earth but hidden until sometime in the 22nd century. Yeah, my guessing for the people we know who might be alive tonight. No, go on. And I think Odson could be Ian. <laughs> really? Are you a... Yeah. Are you a Lanthanite? Just the way... Yeah, just the way he... Yeah. yeah, just... Where he keeps his skies in his face with a dragon mask, so we don't mean? notice things. <laughs> Keep on disguising my dragon face with my human mask. Exactly, come on. It's and a trick of the light away. that looks so like I'm the... in my dragon suit. I'm actually peeling my human suit over it. So it did you looks... out yourself as a dragon to cover up the fact that you're a lanthanite? I can neither possibly uh, confirm or deny that, but, but I've also, we... first of all, you're right about the picture. You can't confirm that for another 200 years. I don't know if you can see that, but another reason why you should worship Carol Kane's work, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jim, is she was also in Vin Diesel's The Pacifier. Oh, of course she was, oh. yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were saying? Um... Yes, I'm allowed. Yeah, sure. Well, I was going to say, yeah, we need to stop pushing that because we could ruin the space-time continuum if they don't declare themselves until the 22nd century yeah yeah but the, in 100 the, years you can tell us the other yeah fun, it's between us and the viewers yeah the other fun <laughs> little nugget there is that she knew spock's mother and she says she was one of the first people that she outed herself to um which the timeline doesn't quite because if they Unveiled no, themselves officially no. in the twenty second century. Why was she still a closeted lanthanite when she met Spock's well, mother, which well, would have been in the twenty third century? Well, as a species, this they remained hidden until the twenty second century. Right. So they all haven't necessarily come come out in the twenty second century. Yeah, but so I wonder, like, like did they, were they out like, as a species, like, but some of them went, yeah, we're still not going to tell them. We're going to go well, live on yeah, the Yeah, maybe it's not fair well, of how people react. Well, yeah. Like, we saw in Enterprise, didn't we, that there was sort of, like, the sort of anti-alien anti thing that went on, which was showing their, their version of fascism and racism. And it makes you wonder if there was some of that. That came about when they first yeah. outed themselves. What? You're an alien species that lived among us for hundreds, if not thousands, possibly of years. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, and, yeah, then, and then, and then you have some of them don't come out till later. Yeah, and why didn't you use your technology to, I don't know, help us during the eugenics wars and stuff? You know, that might have come in. Well, under. the eugenics wars was actually underground. It was it? very it secret. So they might not have actually been aware. True, of it, so it was true. That secret. Yeah. Even though it was World War Three in 1996, I think yeah. it is. No, not anymore. That's been revised. It yeah, was. I know, I know. Yeah. Because of timey-wimey space travel. Timey-wimey yeah. space travel thing. The, record, the records during that time were not very clear. Um, no, we, so. don't, we don't start data or have newspapers. No, absolutely or we don't. Any recording media at the moment. Fake yeah, news. I mean, so it's, it's just all the articles from this time where people predict World War Three so much they assumed it must have happened. <laughs> yeah, that's it, exactly. Hyper yeah. in our media. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly the way they presented it, though. It did sound like they were telling us about a species we already knew about. It's like yours. Yeah. Like, we heard of Lanthanite. Is that something from the animated well, series, maybe? You know? Mm, well, I was the same, I think, yeah. Well, how it. I think how it was. I think it was played very cleverly that it's a new species that have been on Earth. 
but we've got to assume at this point hundreds if not thousands mm -hmm. of years yeah and at this point in the timeline people do know who they are or, or Uhura does because Uhura is amazing at languages so she, she gets the dialect she gets the accent yeah the accent is how she guesses it can I also um, just throw in as well, just just because I I know I've been negative about the kind of patrol spot, but something I do love, which I think makes it much more interesting, where we have had Savick done so much and explored so much, Amanda Grayson, like she pops up here and there and has some really interesting moments, especially mm -hmm. in the films. But uh, it's really nice to have a storyline where it's constrained Spock's mum, where they are going for his more human side. It, it seems to be brought out in the moment. They go to his human half. I think that's and really also smart we've like we've that. got. Cyborg potentially making an appearance at some point. Oh, if we so, don't, if we don't, I'll be mad after the last series. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff we can explore there. Um, yeah. Then, okay, the I'm putting this out there again. We've said this before. I hope we don't have to say it again. I am done with jokes about what's your catchphrase going to be when you tell us to go yes. to warp. Like, yes. It wasn't a thing. Picard had his engage, but that was it. No one else had a thing. Yeah. And all the shows make jokes about, oh, everybody's got a different thing. No, they hadn't. That's something no, you've just made up so you can make uh, a joke but, about it. And it's not a funny like joke. But, uh, but Spock just looks at it and goes, as if, what are you on about? And, and I like his answer to it. I would like the shit to go now. <laughs> Yeah, Spock's yeah, answer's fine and he's in character, but it's like, can we please stop doing this but, joke now? Well, thank he, you. His point is, I have given an order, walk five to so and so, and they turn around and they start doing this, and they're on an emergency mission. Yeah, we're stealing this ship. On a ship they've just stolen, and they just start having this stupid conversation. Yeah. What do you think? And, and, just and, goes, and he is perfectly right, even if this isn't his thing. I want the ship to go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's like, it's. I don't even mind if they've decided that all captains now will have their own uh, engage line. Fine, I don't even mind that. But don't have the conversation every fucking time. Just let it yeah, be a thing without having a better oh, conversation yeah. about it. Yeah, we've all done it. I think every show has now done this joke. So you've all had your one joke about it. We're done. Yeah. And also, I also do like the fact that I think they balance the line quite well, usually in uh, uh, Stranger Worlds, of having a bit of a, a proper kind of um, command structure. Mm. So, like uh, in Discovery, it, it does annoy me when I'm sorry to rack on Discovery. I'm sorry. It's just, it, it's the first one which came to But no, it seems like they are so unprofessional with the captain crying the bridge. They're talking like they're mates. People say whatever the fuck they want to the captain, no matter what the situation. You couldn't run a ship like that. I'm sorry, you just couldn't. And Stranger Worlds pretty much does it usually pretty well. But to moments like this, it's like, fuck off. You've been asked to, to, to get the ship going in an emergency situation, and you're basically sassing the captain. Fuck yeah. off and do your job. I'm sorry, it's, it's just annoying. It makes the character look yeah. stupid because you'd know better than to do that on the bridge. Even though she's, I know she's a bit of a rebellious character. Yeah. And that's kind of why Pike likes her. But she knows when Pike gives a, cat, a, a command, she's got to do it. And also, yeah, in the, their the, defense, uh, we're not in a formal situation here because we are stealing the ship and doing naughty things. Well, there is that. But, uh, but even more reason to, to keep the chain of command true. in your own ship. To well, that's right. This isn't the, the time to be having that conversation. True. To just do it. And, and once you're underway at war, then they could turn around and go, look, Spock, next time you do that, you've got to have a, 
have a thing. Or just fuck as off with the whole to... dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just... but if they, want, if they want to put it in, you just yeah. do it then, and then they turn around to him and go, look, next time you've got to do it properly. Yeah. And he goes, um, fuck off, I'm your first you officer, or your com- com- captain in this situation, do your fucking job. Yeah, and Spock can go, no, that's silly. <laughs> and then we can yeah. move on. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, can I just rewind a little, little bit? Yeah. So when they're doing the maintenance thing, and you've got like people from Starfleet Engineering and all that, and they're going around the bridge, and one of them comes up to Ortegas's console and all that, and they're there. You flip these controls. You've done this, and she goes, "Yeah, I prefer them this way because I don't like getting shot. I can, mm. <laughs> I can control it quicker." And it's like I have no problem with that. You're the user. Yeah. And you get that nowadays on things. What's your user setting that you're comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Not if, anything, the... if anything, a good engineer goes like, oh, brilliant, that's improvement. We'll, we'll set that as the default now. Yeah. We'll have the other one as an option in case people are used to it. But yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, then I, I thought the Hoover one was wrong because she just went, I'm like monitoring that. things and all that. And it's like, no, you haven't really got an excuse for what you're you're doing. That I think that's a possible love interest for Ahura there. Oh, I assumed he she was just following procedure properly. Like he was actually, I'll take a minute. It doesn't matter if your uh, comms yeah. are down. She's like, no, comms are really important, as it shows later in the episode. Uh, the other thing about the uh, the guys inspecting the ship as well, um, you've got the new helmswoman as well, mm-hmm. who's there in yeah. the land. I really like, like to, to your point about, uh, you know, really developing characters straight from the get-go. You've already got her doing facial reactions even when she hasn't got lines. Yeah. And yeah. she gets a decent amount to do, so you get to know her. And I don't know if she's even staying around. No, I don't, but I feel like I know her better than I know Bryson Reese from Discovery. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Moving on to the plot kicking in then, we get this message from Lan, we go to the planet, the Klingons are planning on restarting a war, so it's quite a good concept about, well, there's this dilithium planet, and the price is shot up during the war, and now they've gone back down again, so let's start a war again, so we can can sell the dilithium for more. (laughs) You know... um, yeah, you can't see any any sort. I can't actually grasp where they've got this idea. <laughs> yeah, the indeed. Companies trying to profiteer in the middle of a war. Yeah, from energy. Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah, heaven forbid. Like I know our oil companies have been absolutely amazing <laughs> during the energy crisis. Have yeah. controlled themselves. No, no, no. Not, they've not made a penny. They've no, been the... running on losses. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> It's even stupider oh, than I, that. I, it's even stupider than that. No, no. The energy companies actually offered, said, no, tax us more, take more money off us, and still the fucking government wouldn't. It's even dumber than this. <laughs> it's dumb greed. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, true. Um, yeah, but I just want to address the Klingons. What, I, I, for me, I feel like they've gone, right, no one likes Discovery Klingons. We'll yeah. go back to the original ones, but we'll try and still put our stamp on it because we've got to change it to our own thing somehow. They should have just gone for the fucking original look because, like, the um, bridges are nice, but it's like they're almost softened. Like, it looks kind of cheap for prosthetics, if I'm honest. I didn't actually, I thought it, I thought it looked more natural. Oh, I didn't mind the blending going into the back of the head, but it's like the uh, ridges they've yeah. smoothed as opposed to... Yeah, like, as opposed to the 
I just think and every like Klingon's different. I think yeah, the, but these, these are, were definitely recognisable straight yes. Klingons. Exactly. As as came on screen. These were Klingons. Yeah. I did not need it explained to me who these fucking no, weird aliens with no hair and fucking purple. huge that were purple and huge bloody heads going out the back. Oh, I were. totally agree. I agree with all that, but it's like it's um, also the uniforms. It's like. It was weirdly gold. Looks really weird on the thing to me. Now, to me, like the metal, that's warrior. No. That's practical. That's physical. Klingons always wore gold. Yeah, it's the and original it series. Sort of gold mesh top. It looks weird yeah. to have the armor in gold because well, then it's saying that it's gold metal, which is only for a, it's like well, the Klingons are going to add a word with Trump yeah. or something. Yeah, what for the gold sash in season one of TNG when he wore red? It was gold yeah. and silver. It, it had a mix of the two. But it Look, didn't Queen seem like... Queen always won gold. Yeah, I, I feel like this not is... Not trying to retcon things that you don't want... Uh, no. Recognised species, no. how they should be. I <laughs> think this... Is what, what you're like for trying to retcon things. No. I no, feel no. like what they're no, trying to do here... No, you just trying to check here, out the whole canon, I know, but that's fine. A... <laughs> I feel like what they're trying to do here is what they did with the Enterprise when they redesigned it for Discovery. I feel like what they've done is said... That was the look that they had in the 60s. What would that look like now if we had a budget? So yeah. I, I think in our head, we're meant to look at these Klingons and go, they're wearing the same outfits that the TOS Klingons were wearing. I it's just we, like, we like, couldn't show them. That, yeah. I wish if they were doing that, they made it more an updated version of that uniform. So keep that uniform, keep the kind of mesh look they had, but maybe look that a bit, make that look a little bit tough. But it's like they've taken the two and tried to maybe. put them together. And, and I was okay with it, to be honest. Uh, again, maybe it's because we're still in shock from the Discovery Klingons that were just yeah, so happy. Yeah, oh, it's happy. definitely an improvement. It's an improvement. Um, <laughs> to get regular Klingons again. <laughs> now, Klingons. is Mabenga becoming the O'Brien of Discover, uh, of Strange New Worlds. And by this, I mean, we used to get them torture O'Brien episodes every year. <laughs> and are we going to get the weird mystery surrounding Mabenga storyline every year? Because last year we had the thing about his daughter, that was all resolved. And now we've got this thing that suddenly he's got this dark past with the Klingons. And Which they then, chose not to mention once during the, the first season. Yeah, and then they've got this drug that makes them into uh, superheroes. And it's like, okay, we're doing something here. But it, that yeah, drug would have been got, useful. That's because they've got 23rd century medical tech, just like me. Oh, there we are. I'm just saying, how useful would that super serum have been in every other episode with the Klingons or Superior? Well, um, maybe they only got it in between seasons. Maybe they bought it off someone at Starbase 1. Somebody's like, yeah. you want some of this? Yeah, they said, it's from a dead like, species. You will never see this shit again. you got one dose. Please use it sparingly. First Klingons they see, go. But it, no, well, it's implied. Well, it, is, it isn't implied. It's outright stated that they have done this before. And I'm yeah. getting an impression that maybe they were like a secret Black Ops team for Section 31 or something. Well, that'd be cool. And it, it was Mabenga and Chapel. Um, so, again, benefit of the doubt. Let's see where it goes. But now, I, I, I kind of don't want Mabenga mystery of the season every year. You know, I let's have someone else with a mystery. I just want to say now, this whole story arc with Avenger and Christine in this 
this episode, what they go through, should have been done with two different characters that we don't know that are legacy characters mm. because it took all the jeopardy out of it. True, yeah. Good point. And, and this is something, and I, I really enjoy Strange New Worlds, but this is always a problem if you're going to do prequels. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot show me a legacy character that I have seen in the future in any sort of danger. Where That's they what might die was because, really good for that. Because yeah. I know they will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 and, and this really does have jeopardy for them. If there were two other characters I might be thinking, Especially if you had maybe the new last from the comms that we haven't yeah, seen before. Yeah, true. If she was in Chapel's place. Yeah. I'd be going, oh, it's seen you and we're going to lose her straight away. Unless you do... But here I know these two are going to be perfectly okay. Unless you yeah. do what Smallville did with Jimmy Olsen and go, oh, yeah, this is Nurse Chapel. Oh, she's been killed. Oh, this is Nurse Chapel's sister, who's now going to call herself Christine as well out of respect for a dead twin. And, you know, you could pull something like that done. Which film was that in? Yeah. That was in look, Smallville. Look. That was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. And then they killed him to shock oh. people. And then they went, this is Jimmy Olsen's brother. We're going to call him Jimmy now. And he's also Jesus, called I Jimmy. I never saw it all the way through that show. It is. God. Uh, Jimmy Olsen gets killed. And then a couple of months later you get, oh, Here's Jimmy Olsen's twin brother that has never been mentioned before. That is also called Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so we could do that with a legacy character, but let's not. Um, the ship that's been built then. Now, this is identified as a Crossfield class, which was the class of Discovery. And obviously it looks very, very different. So my take on this is Discovery was a prototype. For various reasons, they've decided not to go with that exact design and this is what they've decided is fit to actually go in the field because oh. it's got a similar saucer with the ring presumably yeah. it hasn't got a spore drive but like the positioning of the nacelles is totally different is it maybe that uh, because we know the discovery has been uh, you know made a uh, restricted file classified mm -hmm. all the information about it's been destroyed do you think maybe they changed the design so they could deny the original design never like so maybe. on paper yeah. this was always yeah, the that, design? Yeah, that they've done a new design and called it the crossfield so that the no, this is what the crossfield class looks like. Yeah, because they've got all yeah. this uh, data on the crossfield yeah, class. This is what so, it's yeah, always looked like. They, yeah. yeah, exactly. I wonder if that's something they're gonna bring up later. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But, but into I like... my eyes, just my eyes. You ignore all the canon you know about Spock. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Pardon me. Pardon me. And then, it, the then we just really get lots of excitement and space shenanigans and all sorts going off, and it's a big, explodey, fun action scenes and everything at the end of the episode, which is great to watch on screen, but not so great to talk about on podcasts because there's yeah, not a lot to say. It's just great, yeah. fun. Like, Spidey, Spidey, yeah. Like, we get some nice character stuff with Lan. Yes, we do. On the planet, because we see that Shkidout drink Klingons. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder if that's maybe a genetic upbringing there, kicking in there. Oh, yeah, bit. yeah. She's drawing <laughs> on a bit of the old Noonie and Sung DNA. Genetic stomach. and Sung, sorry. And, and she does a Princess Leia bit. I've yes. got an anti-matter charge, or whatever she calls it. I think that is what and she says. No yeah, but there's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. good. Yeah, the classic thermal the detonator. I did like a sass talk as well. It's like, uh, oh, I'm now trying to hide this point in your beard this time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, she was giving him a bit of grief. And... Oh, it was great. Yeah. That's what I think. I she, could, was, uh, she could drink with Klingons. The yeah. only thing I, I thought was a little bit of, like, something and nothing was, at the end of the last series, she went off on this great mission mm-hmm. to find this girl. And this episode, oh, yeah, found her. Bye. It's sort of like a bit of... It felt like something they were going to do more with. Yeah, I think so. Maybe when they had, like, the the writers' room meetings, they were like, you know what? We actually want Lan back in the mix. We don't want to spend well, three yeah. episodes. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, what you probably had is they've gone, yeah, she's gone, off to, she's gone off to find this girl's parents and reunite her and all that. But then they've had, what is it, ten episodes are coming in. There's ten great stories and the old picture Lan. And then there's the three episodes where she wasn't in it and all that. And they went, you know what? These three episodes where she's not in it aren't too great. Let's let's bring her back early. Well, yeah. Well, I'm wondering if it was maybe like this two-part the series where we see um, Spock, Spock and the rest of the crew's version and what we assume is Pike's version next week. I wonder if originally there was either a third episode or a part of um, Pike's episode where it was like Langier, you know, maybe they maybe. Well, we may still and maybe get they that were like, we don't we know may, we may get, maybe that. They had we too may many... get that next week yeah, I'm just wondering if they had too many um, things to fit in, in the yeah, possibly the last series they were going, oh we'll put that in then when they came to write it, they were like actually that's a lot of real estate to burn three episodes on burn, one timeline yeah. and not have all our crew together when you've only got yeah. 10 to play with as well but i will guarantee you if we don't get a lands year episode there will be a book of lands year that will be released <laughs> yeah fairly Una McCormack, get to work my if Una McCormack writes it well, i'd be happy well, with it great. yeah if well, most of the other writers wrote it not so much i want to say this with land though what we get about in this episode, this comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, where this is odd, where it hasn't got pain, that it's just a crew. But this is developing the characters that yeah, we get to know them so well. That's we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, like, I'm not being funny. We've had four seasons Discovery. Rice and Bryce, I'm not sure which is which, but I know one of them went to climb a mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's about... And, that's about <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I really <laughs> like this developing characters. I do. And seeing other okay. characters. Yeah. And Spock gets to have a drink with the Klingons as well at the end. Um, oh, which... Do they have to have five minutes of going, yeah, yeah? No, they definitely do, because they want to put that in the trailer to make you go, oh, I wonder why Spock's drinking with the Klingons. Yeah. What I'm actually really happy about with this episode is the majority of stuff we saw in the trailer is from this episode. So most of the rest of the season is going to be brand new stuff that we've not even yeah. had a hint at. So uh, I'm really happy that. About was that was nicely done, yeah. Uh, and I want to say... I've done. I have no idea what tomorrow's episode is. I've I've avoided every single spoiler, and I want to say thank you to everyone who's on the retweet page 
Mm-hmm. No one has put a single spoiler about this episode or any of the other episodes. That do you know? Do up. you know? There's two reasons for that. That's one. We've got the best goddamn listeners in the universe. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we never pandered to them, which I think is really important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone else has congratulated us on 200 episodes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Facebook user, but I can't see who you are. Our biggest fans are the Facebook users. Um, yeah, so Spock and think Now, what I do like about the end of this episode, because all the way through I'm thinking... Okay, but you can't just steal a ship and get away with it. And I like that they've actually thought about that because you have Admiral April going, yep, Spock, I'll let you off. Your hangover's your punishment. But then we get that extra that- scene where it's like, well, actually, it's because he's he's done us a favour without realising he has. So Yeah. So that there is avoided a war on second front. Yeah, there front. is justification from now- the Admiralty for why they're being lenient now- with him. I have a bit of a problem here why he's got the hangover. Because previously we've been told of broken constitution mm-hmm. of how they can drink and all that and it doesn't bother them. Yeah, but cling on blood wines. Is it because he's had to drink that much blood wine? Yeah, blood wine's a different beast. It's not I've got to it's say not though, the it's like, same. I just and, and this is just a personal thing, this isn't about can or anything else, but I don't want Spock phoning in the Admiral hungover. That just that just doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't sit right. Well, There's no other justification. I'm not um, like arguing against Dan. I, I just and telling the Admiral that he's hungover as well. That's not logical to admit to your boss that you've got no. a hangover. Yeah, yeah. But it's also when he's asked what's up with you, it's very Vulcan not to lie. That true, true. Yeah. And I do like they're playing the uh, Vulcan Never Lies card, which we all know isn't completely true. We do know that, yeah. Oh, good. So I, th- I think they're going to drop that shoe on this as well. Yeah. Because they mentioned like three times this episode. So I was like, yeah, well, you're, you're running yeah. out of something there. And I, yeah, I like yeah, that the Klingons are wise to it. They're like, well, I'm not interested in myths about you. So it's like everyone knows yeah. it's bullshit that you don't lie, you know? That was so nice. Yeah, I did like that. The Klingons just totally called them on it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're going to do that again, yeah. don't do it. So, like, in the original series, it was always believed. It was only Kirk, I think, who questioned it and yeah. found out that there are situations under which they lie. So if you're going to do that again, don't just do the same thing if everyone believed well, it. Have someone question it. Have a bit more. Yeah. Um, like, you're, like, you always had it in the original series when Spock got called out for it. Like, yes. he always went, well... And he always had the next. Yeah, I exaggerated. Uh, 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 exaggerated, and yeah. from a certain point of view, it wasn't and... a lie. It was an omission. Uh, well, that was more than me because that's what I liked. Yeah. I loved it in the in the original series. He was genuinely like going, "Like this is the reasons why that is," and it all makes logical. And if you like everything he said, does make a there's a logical yeah. argument. Whereas in the movies, because he was enjoying his human side a bit more and exploring it a bit more, he he was out and out saying, like, yeah, I fucking lied, but I'm gonna call it yeah, a mission this claiming time. To it be was re- a little wink, claiming yeah. to be related to Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah he's definitely... <laughs> oh no, no, an ancestor. I, I thought I assumed that was meant to be an ancestor. As well, in an ancestor I, I was wondering about that, actually. I never thought it was because meant to be a direct... No, I think he's said, claiming to no, be descended but... from Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I never no, but his drums Amanda Greystone. And I wonder if she's uh, if he's trying to say that his mum is actually related to... Um, oh, what's his name who wrote them? Arthur Conan Doyle. Your mind's gone yeah. blank. Arthur Conan Doyle. 
Yeah, I'm try- I wonder if he's trying to say that it's related that way. No, I think well, he's just taking the piss. I think he's dropping this literary reference and he knows that none of them are well-read enough to get it. So he's just like... <laughs> and he's going back and telling people, like, yeah, and then I said uh, my ancestor <laughs> was Sherlock Holmes. Is. I think that was what he was saying. Is that a bit like... Uh, like, the one that always got me when with literary, and it's not from... Never mind. It was the Klingons in Star Trek Six. You need to hear Shakespeare in the original Klingon. It's like, what? How does that work? <laughs> I think it's the idea that they they like. I bet they don't admit to the comedies. I bet they. I bet they claim that Klingon Shakespeare only wrote the tragedies. No, no. In the original Klingon, the the comedies were fucking bloodthirsty. That's they what I mean. So I reckon it's a case of early Klingons, or when they first came into contact with humans, came across Klingon, uh, came across Shakespeare. And because it would have been dishonourable oh. to claim a human wrote these great no, stories, a Klingons lied and said, oh, yeah, uh, I no, wrote No, I've these. got it. No, I've got it. It's a Leponite. Ooh. It was a, Le- a Leponite, and he'd been on Klingon before coming to work. Oh, yeah. And he, just... he has stolen them. That's well, it. Again, he goes me, around me... to every planet and writes the complete works of Shakespeare and then moves on no, to another no, planet. He's... I, I... No, he like... actually stole them from Klingon. He had the Klingon literature he liked, and he, and he came to work and he oh. translated it into English. It's you know what? No, Shakespeare I like was it. I'm just saying, I find this really funny because usually I'm the one, I, I think I can sometimes take things too literally and, and over-examine all these things in Star Trek Six. I think I almost watched a different movie. Like, I was just going, the original Klingon, the original Klingon translation is what I assume they meant. When you talk about, like, um, Arthur Conan Doyle, I assume he meant ancestors to all humans no no but you've seen a completely different movie to me it turns out no the klingons are claiming that if you read the introduction to hamlet um the shakespeare version which i do own a copy of um it does explain how shakespeare was a klingon and the humans claim that he was a human and uh, a leponite it was a leponite yeah but we don't know that yet well, is we that do. why in the first title page it says to my darling wharf as we're in because all the wharfs were called the same name as we've discussed. Yeah, well the actual author My darling wharf puck puck deck in, in quotes. Well the actual author it was called Shakespeare, apparently. There were more apostrophes in it than were necessary. <laughs> I will I will I will take a picture of the page that explains it once I've dug take out Take a my... fucking picture. Take a bow after that pun. Sir, you've earned it. That, that wasn't joke, the sorry. pun. That was... No, no, you're right. Sorry, that wonderful... That, that's um, what the book's called. This is a real book that I own. I'm not making this up. <laughs> oh, you've got the original Klingon. I've got the original Klingon. Oh, yeah. No. Anyway, uh, but the reveal at the end then, and Dr. Squee needs to take a bow because he was convinced the Gorn would be the Klingons of Strange New World and it certainly appears that that's going to be the case great choice i mean they've like they were a great um baddie in the episode we saw them to be honest with you, i even forgot they had um starships that seemed like such a minor part of their character because well, it was mostly yeah. on the planet whereas this they've expanded out they've made them badass the ships like twist through other ships like very very much Gemma Dar-esque of the kind of suicide mm-hmm. runs it also it's great makes a lot of sense from like episodes of arena where we know that they were fighting the Gorn. Oh, yeah, they yeah. talk about, yeah, the how things went wrong with the Gorn, and, yeah, 
So we've got gone to look forward to this episode, which I think is great. So, well, it's like uh, even though Enterprise maybe was not, and I, I I dare to say this, maybe not the best Star Trek ever. No, I know, guys. Sorry, don't fall off your seats, but just in my opinion. But mm. they kind of took the Andorians and they like fleshed them out. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Good with that. We never really explored. I, I like it when they do that. I think that's such a smart choice because, like you say, it's the same thing as with the. If you know about the characters and the right. legacy characters, if you know about the species and where the species is going, it kind of limits what you can do or how much you can shock us with what you do. Yeah. When you don't know really... Like, yeah, they're gone. Like, we, we've seen be... one of them once, so we can well, pretty yeah, much please. do whatever we want. Oh, 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 we, like, we've also we, seen one in Enterprise. And I'm like, ignoring that. We, but please, with major jeopardy to characters, don't use legacy characters. No. Because yeah. that's what I think. That's why we just blushed over the Mabingo and Christine thing. Because if that had been other characters that we didn't know, would have gone into the fighting and the yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's all very well done and everything. And the mystery is it what is. Is, what is this drug? How did they get it? And I'm sure we're going to come back to that. But I'd, apart from wild speculation, I don't feel there's a lot we can do with that right now with what we've no. been given, and that that's right but, if it's going to be a, but, a thread throughout that, the season. But that should have been like the big talking point of the episode of that was their jeopardy, and yeah. how they nearly died, and would they or wouldn't they? But no, there wasn't, because I've seen them both in TOS. True. Well, and also to add something we've all said before, like... Um, uh, Strange New Worlds is good enough. It doesn't need all these legacy characters. It doesn't need no, to no, in the past. It's strong enough in the present. Have some more fun with it. Like, explore yeah. some new characters. Yeah, maybe maybe even have some of these legacy... Uh, I don't know. I was almost going to say, have some of these legacy characters maybe uh, go off the ship and they come back later. But that's not fair on the actors. They're doing a wonderful no, job. Exactly, and they are painting yeah. yeah. some wonderful characters. They're just not always consistent it, with it, who they it's are. It's just like, not... I, I'm quite happy to... No, I am quite happy to watch Christine's... Story, the Vinkers mm-hmm. story, Ahura's story, but don't put as a big focal point in the episode the major jeopardy. Yeah, and expect us yeah, to be invested because, in the jeopardy effect. Because yeah. I'm not invested in the jeopardy because, and, and I found out watching this episode, it's like, but I've watched Star Trek so long. I'm not worried about anything happening yeah. to them. I know they're going to be okay. But yeah. if you do that with characters that I don't know, because if you'd done that with Lan, I wouldn't have a clue she survived. Mm-hmm. She'd gone on, on there. She could have easily gone on there fighting and all that. And she wouldn't have needed the drug. And we all know Hemner's proved that they are up for killing characters if they, they uh, yeah. if that's how they plot it, yeah. Well, I think we'll we'll leave it there for this week. Then next week, well, we we oh, we'll do his thing. Who do we think the focus will be on next week? That's going to be Pike and um, I've, I've already I've already said I think next week is going to be Pike going off to get number one. In, at the same time, that's I think that's a safe a safe bet. I, if it's not, I think there'll be people who are annoyed. Well, so. I mean, because he was. I, and I think to flesh it out, we might get some of what Lan had been doing before this episode for the previous year. Maybe. It's interesting, but the thing is, if you're going off to, like, if you're not having it on the ship, then how do you frame that into it? So I, I don't think we are going to get that. I, I think that we might do somewhere along the line. 
But if it is the episode you think it is, I don't think I think it's going to be Pike and number one. Yeah, they might have even abandoned the storyline. I think it might start with um, 10 months ago. Ooh. And we see Larnoff doing summit and summit and all that. A bit of an adventure for 10, maybe 15 minutes at the start. Mm -hmm. But then how do you link that to the other story? Or maybe before we have sort of as the first first bit before the the credits and all that before the opening title sequence, we'll have a bit of land ten months before. I don't, and um, then we'll move to and then we'll move to Pike. Going I don't know how one. you do that without being really disjointed though. That feels I really. If that's... you're going to do that, it feels like well, it needed to be on this episode, well, which I person, think it originally personally, was. Personally, because I'm not a writer. I couldn't write that. <laughs> but I I am changed in the start of the could do that. Maybe. Well we'll find out next week. Uh, no, I, anyway. I, I, I think it needed to be in this episode. Uh, I think it was originally in this episode and then it got cut is my I, Well I, I think that they have to do the Pike and God get Una next episode. Yeah, I think I that's it. I, I don't, don't think do that'll that. fill out fifty minutes. Oh, I think so. so I think I no. so I think I think the part to fill that in will be the lamb. I, I I think that would be hell destroying. Even for the for a skill writer, I don't see how you do that. But for me, I think wow. the way you do it is I think it's going to be Pike's going to arrive back on is it Earth she's being held where she's being know. held. But she mentioned a lawyer which she needed, so I think that's her him getting the legal help. I would, I would be so up for a nice courtroom drama. I yeah, think that's what we get. I would as that's well. We haven't had one in a while. Anyway. Oh, good old drumhead. We'll be back oh, next Mitchell week. Or... If you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Elliot's got the Retrek Model Studios YouTube channel. Are you still working on the uh, Quark's treasure? I am. I am I'm going to be honest, it's been really nice weather and I've hardly touched my modelling bench. Well, and that's it's fine. Just doing that. it, it's a winter. It's more a nasty weather that you yeah. don't want to be out. And I've been got, out and about. You've got plenty of videos on there, complete builds of various Star Trek ships, so you can go back and check them out as well. There's other models as well. I oh, know, and I think I've got to go buy two more there. Uh, huh? uh, my friend has just bought two more, a load of models that he's shot. That oh, one. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Squee, what have we got on the Dr. Squee show? Well, next week, uh, I talked early today. It was uh, recorded during the day. So what I'm going to do is uh, last week, I, uh, this week, sorry, I went live with um, uh, the show, both on video and audio. This one's pre-recorded on video. So it means I'm going to set up to do the same, basically. So it's going to, the video and the audio is going to start roughly at the same time. It's a shorter interview. So I'll be doing some more stuff on the radio. But yeah, um, so seven o'clock, both on uh, radio and on video, you can enjoy uh, me speaking to... I'm going to get the lady's name right, is Elizabeth um, Morrison, who is a voice coach who worked on things like Cicel, Billy Elliot, the BBC News she's worked with, and the AA Driving School um, Chief Instructor Trainer, whose name I have lost, but uh, ah, and I'm forgetting. Anyway, uh, we spoke about um, the fact that she is working with the uh, AA at 
as opposed to just working on technical skills of driving, they're working at making them better communicators. So she's working okay. on voice coaching, communication skills, the way you speak to people, even performance. Uh, improving driving instruction it's absolutely fascinating please do tune in it may not be a big name but it's a really fascinating story yeah, which I think so. yeah uh, i love some doing some kind of those little interesting quirky stories and she's legit she's worked on everything as a voice coach so um it's great and citadel you can check out now on amazon prime which she worked on oh Citadel. yep i've heard oh, about that one i i, I was, was thinking i've seen her name there we go. I've seen the name. I, I recognise the name, but I can't tell you oh, where. And it was, it's probably called Bob Credit somewhere. Mike Bourne, who, oh, sorry, Mark Bourne, who was the head, who was the head of the Driving Instructor Academy at the AA Driving School. So just to give him his well, as well. Would you like to know what I know about cars? <laughs> I think I already I covered. Five, that. I have five wheels, and someone else sits behind one of them. <laughs> I'm I think saying. in everything I've said in this episode, I've already covered everything I know about yeah. it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot either. I know that mine's going to cost Kingy. me. Oh, yes, what I... What going I, on at Kingy's Toy Kingy's Box? Kingy's Toy Box. We've got an unboxing of uh, DC Superheroes action figures. That's the latest one. I've actually got a Star Trek action figure Reddit video ready to go to go up on there. Captain Kirk from Wrath of Khan. Um, so I will upload that soon. Um, that'll do us for this Sorry, week. Better draw right there as you said that. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you, and see you for the next 200. <laughs> LLAP Dragon 200! Drag off! <laughs>